And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? It's Andrew Morgans here, host of Startup Hustle, covering all things Amazon and e-commerce. Before we get into today's episode of Startup Hustle, we are sponsored by Helium 10, cutting-edge software that helps you grow your business on Amazon. Startup Hustler listeners get 50% off their first month of Helium 10 Platinum when you go to helium10.com and use the code HUSTLE at checkout. Don't wait to get 50% off your first month. Go to helium10.com and use code HUSTLE. We're going to be talking about all things products and how to make mighty good products. Ben Rendo from Mighty Good, MightyGoodSolutions.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Last time I think we were scheduled to go on, uh, you know, like most entrepreneurs, most founders, there was one of those days we had everything. I think you actually gave me a day in advance, which is insane. You're actually like, I have some stuff happening. I'm not even going to be able to get on the show tomorrow. Let's reschedule. That's what happens. That's what happens in founder life when you have like real stuff going on. Um, you got fires you have to put out. But I'm really glad to have you on the show. I haven't had a local manufacturer um on the show yet so for me that's really cool and i'm working with several companies myself whether it's a, a company i've acquired actually a smaller e-commerce company that does products um you know launching products i have one i'm launching from scratch which is um you know one of those commodity type products i'm not going to say it online because i'm dealing with amazon listeners but um you know it's really cool and it's going to be really cool to kind of hear your side of manufacturing um i work with manufacturers all day every day but more so from a point of they have a product line they want to get on amazon they're hiring me to help them you know go direct um tell me a little bit about yourself tell me we started the story just a little bit and i'll make i'm going to make you repeat yourself just a little bit but um you know, I think you've been doing this about nine years, it sounds like, with Mighty Good Solutions. Like, how did it all get started? Sure. So I'm from Kansas City. I grew up in the Northland, uh, went to uh, Mizzou, graduated in 03, uh, started out in finance in St. Louis, got transferred back to Kansas City in 06. And at the time, my wife and I were living in a crappy walk-up apartment. Uh, and every week, could go grocery shopping and come home and just crab claw the bags and try to lug them up three flights of stairs. Mm -hmm. There had to be a better way. And so came up with an idea for a niche product that you could use to carry all your grocery bags in, in one trip. Uh, and, uh, you know, fast forward about six years, I can't stop thinking about this idea on my normal day job. Uh, but this has taken up most of my frontal cortex, uh, I think it's a great idea. I think it would serve shoppers and I think we could sell a ton of it. And so, uh, as I said to you earlier, if anybody said this to me now, I'd, I'd say, don't do it. Because uh, you know now how much hard work it is. Well, I, I wouldn't say don't do that. I would say, wait until you have success built before you go all in because uh, I had no success built uh, and said, I'm gonna 
quit my day job, empty 401k, going to downsize and move to a tiny shack of a house and, excuse me, invest in tooling so we can start making this product. Uh, and so did that uh, and then uh, started uh, selling them locally. My wife and I would stay up uh, you know, until 2, 3 a.m., you know, packaging them by hand. And these are reusable grocery bags, right? Just for anyone listening, like, am I close? Or what, were, what, what did you make as your first product? Sure. So Mighty Handle is an ergonomic grip with a hook like an anchor. And you use it so you can carry all your grocery bags in. Got it. Okay. And so... Uh, we were selling Amazon. I'd run a U-Haul to make deliveries to the grocery chains in the Midwest. And then I got connected uh, to an awesome woman named Anita Newton, uh, who she joined me uh, as an investor. And then basically as uh, you know, someone that, that would help help us grow. Helped uh, you scale early on. Scale. And so uh, Anita and I took it to Walmart in 2014, uh, their first made in USA summit. And they said, you know, we'll give you a test. We'll test you in a hundred stores. And so they tested it, it blew out. And then by the following summer, it was in all 4,600 uh, Walmarts. It's incredible. Went into Target and Kroger and on the home shopping network. Uh, but something that we realized was, uh, you know, these type of kind of niche products, uh, Customer will buy them once, but they're not coming back to buy them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great because we can serve them and we can meet a real need. <clears throat> but from a business perspective, I want to sell you something that you're going to buy every two to six weeks. And so we moved into, uh, started looking at moving into health and hygiene. And so we split the company into two divisions. So MG. Was that, be- was that because of COVID? Like, can I ask, or was that already happening before? Um, you know, that, that big change that you guys pivoted into two divisions or was that like based on need or was that just based on product development and like your interests? All the above. So yeah. we started looking at areas that we could, uh, do more consumables. Uh, and then, uh, we started manufacturing consumables, uh, uh, started out with making face shields, uh, and then COVID hit, uh, and, there was a real vacuum in the market. Uh, something that Mighty is very good at is we make high quality product inexpensively uh, and we deliver on time. Uh, <laughs> That's enough, like show up and care and, you know, be on time. And then, you know, as someone that handled, so Marknology has about 50 brands that we handle on a monthly basis that we're like helping them source product, make product, get it on Amazon, logistics, all of that. And I mean, some of the biggest challenges during the pandemic managing those stores was supply chain. Um, you know, so whether they're pivoting to different manufacturers, whether they're trying to get in different 3PLs, um, getting stuff on time was, you know, a nightmare. And I can sell millions of dollars worth of product on the Amazon. If there's no product, there's no product, you know, Absolutely. so it don't matter. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're good at managing complex supply chains. Uh, and so uh, where we're at now, we sell either under our own Mighty Good Brands, or we also do private label. And in our health and hygiene space, uh, we make hand sanitizer, uh, sanitizing hand wipes, uh, flushable toilet wipes uh, for uh, one of the largest medical distributors in the country. Uh, we're getting ready to start producing their private label wipes. 
and then we've since moved into where we are making syringes uh, and uh, hospital gowns and things that uh, I I will never be the smartest guy in the room and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, but uh, I do want to partner with people that are very smart in those spaces. And so we've either created partnerships or even brought in-house uh, people uh, from uh, both big box retail as well as uh, medical distribution. And so that's just skyrocketed our growth. Uh, and that's kind of where we are now. No, that's amazing. And thank you for sharing. One thing we miss, and I and you, you share as much as you want, but um, you talked about going all in, which is a saying that I absolutely love. Uh, you know, I just think it's simple, but it just really says a lot. And, um, you know, we didn't talk about what you gave up when you took the leap in. You're talking about being at your nine to five and just like thinking about this all the time. And I think there's a lot of people that can probably relate to that. I was definitely someone I was a little bit different than you in that I had some experience, not in business so much, but had been building my thing on the side before I like took my leap, you know, probably for like a year and a half, two years, I'd been building it on the side before I took my leap. Do you mind sharing what you were doing kind of when you had this big idea that you've been sitting on? Um, you know, what what kind of position were you in before you said, hey, I'm going to start a manufacturing company and, and jump all in? Sure. So I worked in software sales on, on business development, uh, okay. worked a really good company with really good people. And uh, I probably had a decent career trajectory ahead of it, ahead of myself. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to stay in Kansas City. I would have had to move and, and probably move multiple times. Uh, but I, I wanted something different, like uh, building something. So just building something, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think things can be better. And I, I think my team and I can have a direct impact on doing that. And so uh, something that helped me and probably was the most important thing is my wife, Tracy, uh, was super supportive uh, instead of being like, you know, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, you want to go start selling a grocery yeah. bag handle? Like you have no experience in this. You have no experience in product design. Uh, you have no experience in calling on big box retail. Um, and she was like, I believe in you. I think we can do it. And thank God it worked. Cause if not, I'd, I'd be buried in my backyard right now. Uh, no, that's awesome. And credit where credit is due. Um, but no, I think that it directly translates to, um, like I was a bartender. I've, I've done like so many things before I got into what I'm doing now. Um, but I think I, I look back now, you know, just thinking about how all those things set me up to be successful at what I'm doing now, for example, software sales, um, you know, you didn't just turn into a maker, but a maker that could sell some stuff. I think that that's important. You talk about how many stores you got into early um, and you had, whether it was cold calling, whether it was taking leads and running with them, like software sales is a big, I talk to software sales guys all the time in my space, you know? Um, and so having those, you know, for me, I went to school for networking and security. Uh, and so I took five languages in school back then. They had to just learn all this code and different stuff. And it doesn't translate to my business now. But looking back on it, you know, I'm really able to take kind of a system or a process and then reverse engineer it. And I'm not an engineer. I'm not any of those things. But it was kind of just like these little things I didn't even know in my life were setting me up to essentially 
be able to take on some of these new challenges and be you know confident in doing so i was sitting on a, in a net in a networking knock just you know getting paid more than i had been paid and software sales is very lucrative people are trying to get into software sales now you know because it's just you can sell unlimited amounts of something um you know and um I was sitting there. I was just like, I was kind of doing cool stuff in regards to, I was working at MashCard. I liked my fellow employees. You know, we got attacked by anonymous at the time. That was kind of cool when I was there, you know, because of the WikiLeaks, uh, we turned off support for him. And so I was there when that happened at MasterCard and a couple other things. Um, but I was just sitting there and I was like, you know, I can do more than this. I can do more than just like call up a networking knock at a bank and tell them their router's down and they need to reset it and get technicians out there and and kind of just problem solving um at a super easy level and i was just like you know i i had been i didn't even know what i was going to be doing i hadn't been obsessing about this idea for years and years and years but i definitely knew what i didn't want to do and that was just to like sit and get old in a dark room you know, honestly, with guys that were like wrapping up their careers versus guys starting their careers. And I just had to do something um, drastic. And so I moved into a startup in e-commerce and fell in love with e-commerce and the rest is history. But um, I, I bring out those details just to share with anyone listening. We have like new founders, old founders, people thinking about taking the leap. And I just like to know what's in the mindset. Um you know, what's in your mindset, what drives you people think like, Oh, I just always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to be a builder. I always wanted to be in man- my dad was in manufacturing. And they're like, No, sometimes it's just, you've got an idea you can't let go. Um, and for me, it was I like once I got into e commerce, it was like, Amazon is going to be so powerful. Um, and brands are going to need to know all this stuff. And no one knows it. And that was my obsession. And it's been nine years going. Um, but that's that's so that's so cool. I want to talk about more of the stuff you're making um, and like tooling and how you just like go into garments from making bottles or go into, you know, making, a let's say, a stainless steel claw or a metal claw into now making, you know, syringes and, and medical garments. How does that how does that kind of transition happen? Is it like advice? Do you have a board kind of saying, like, are you doing product research on products or is it really just you have a big maybe you have a big client? or um you know a a big box retailer that's kind of telling you what they need and then you're going out there and filling that need is that kind of how it's happening as you grow into more of these consumable areas i guess it is uh and so everything with us starts with you know either if it's medical distribution healthcare or big box retail is one opportunity uh and so we uh historically have gotten in uh proven that we do, that we say we're going to do, we deliver when we say we're going to deliver and the product is what we've said it is. And if you can do that, uh, it might be good. We, we have a, a saying that, that drives everything we do and it's simple enough for a dummy like me. Uh, it's do the next right thing. It doesn't matter what that is. Do the next right thing. Uh, the next right thing is making the next sales call. The next right thing is staying late in order to make sure product goes out. The next right thing is seeing uh, white space in the market uh, where we can make product that'll benefit consumers. Uh, we do that. Uh, and it's something super simple. Uh, but if you stick to that, you can build a good reputation in whatever markets you are. Uh, and the other thing we, we do, and it's the only reason we're here, the only reason we're still here and haven't went under, and that we've knock on wood been able to be pretty successful 
is we don't give up. Uh, like relentless, uh, relentlessness. Absolutely. Uh, I don't like being beat. Uh, you know, I was always an average athlete, uh, but one sport I, I started later in life is boxing. Uh, there's a lot of that mindset that you could be taking a beating in the ring, you know, get knocked down. Uh, sometimes you can get knocked out. Uh, you got to get back up. Uh, I love that. Nobody's going to give it to you, you know, and as much as I, I wish it was, there is no magic person that you're going to meet that is going to change your trajectory. Like it's a combination of, of meeting people and building your network. Uh, but you have to do it and you have to put in the work and by you, I mean, your, your team, uh, that's, that, that's the only way, uh, that's the only way we've been able to get where we wanted to go and, and where we still want to go. I love that. I love that. And I think that I have a lot of the same values. Um, you know, I attribute a lot of my drive in that regard and my built my perspective around, um, relentlessness and not giving up and things like that. Like I grew up in Africa. I grew up in like very dangerous rural environments, Congo, Kinshasa, Cameroon, even small time in Moscow. Um, and when you're, when you're around people that can't just replace the things they break, they can't just replace, um, you know, you, we talk about buying something every two weeks. That's not the case in Africa. You know, like if you, if your dog bites a cord and cuts it in half, they're going to splice it, and put it back together, you know, or if you're, um, the AC on the end of that cord blows because it's 220 or something like that, they're going to like take it apart and fix that fuse. Um, and they're just like, you know, I tell this story, I've told it, I think one other time, but we were on the way from Cameroon to this other village. My dad was like teaching English. He would speak, uh, he was a missionary, teach English and kind of speak to the pastors and kind of like educate them in the seminary type of thing. This is way back before social media and all those things. So for the haters, they can just let that go. Uh, there was no reason other than to, to help people. Um, but we're on this road. It's my dad, myself, my mom and uh one sister and if you got caught out in africa like in between the roads at night it was very dangerous um whether there was militia whether there were snakes whether there's ants that would like just consume you like it was uh the bush it was literally the bush we were in cameroon at this time and uh the jeep broke down <clears throat> there's no lights africa is very dark <laughs> out in the bush and uh there's no lights and just understanding the seriousness of the situation, we were a couple hours from where we needed to be. Um, we had a fan, the fan belt broke. And my dad's not a mechanic, not even close. He is more of like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory than he is anything else, okay? Uh, and so we were out there by ourselves. And knowing that he had his family out there, it was surprising like what he was able to accomplish, what he was able to get done. And he actually took our spare tire, cut it into strips, and then use those strips as temporary belts on the fan to limp us into the next town. And I'll tell that story because I'm just like, he had nothing at his disposal. He wasn't a mechanic. This isn't what he was good at, but he just said, I'm not going to quit. There's my family out here. You know, I'm going to get us there. And little lessons like that just led me to think differently. I think um, even as a young man growing up here in Kansas City, I'm from the Northland as well. Um, and it was just like, I'm not the best athlete. I'm not the best brain i'm not the best student i'm not the best you know but it was just kind of that well what do you do when quitting isn't an option well you just like you know you figure it out you go all in until there is no backup plan you just like you know you kind of figure it out 
And I think that that's super important. Like, you know, I have a couple of companies. One of them, our slogan is more military than anything. There's only like five of us, but we're just like, show up and give a shit, you know? And it's like, cause it's, it's just dudes in this company. And we're just like, you know, we're just out here figuring stuff out with houses and projects and things like that. And it's just like, you know, our standard is show up and care. Like mm -hmm. care like it's your own care. Like it's your, your name going on the project be on time. Um, you know, that's, it's a simple thing in America these days, you know, but, uh, you know, that's what, that's what sets you apart almost is just like doing quality work, getting a reputation for being on time, doing the right thing every time. Um, it's never the wrong move. So thanks for letting me share that story. But it was just like, to me, that's just those, that's, that's what makes, um, makes or breaks you when you're trying to launch something and really trying to get things going and get a reputation. Absolutely. No. Just to kind of dovetail what you said, it's, it's amazing what you can accomplish when there is no plan B. Uh, if it's, uh, well, we're here, we, we have to get to the next point, there, there, there is no other option. I have to sell, for example, like, I don't love, like, I didn't used to like go to the buckle locally, right at the mall, like going to the buckle. Metro North? Yeah, Metro North or Oak Park really? Mall, like the, the girls in there were cute, sure. But like they were pushy. I hated going in there because I'm like not someone to say no. Like, you know, she's like, go try this on, go try this on. And I'm like, no, like, uh, you know, I've always been, I guess, like adverse to like pushy sales, but like becoming an owner, um, you know, sometimes it was like, I need to get some clients now, like this week. I have to do it. There is no backup plan. There is no like, I'm all in on this. Like, go out there and find some. And those kinds of things were the things that pushed me in the early days to do stuff way outside of my comfort zone. Um, I'm a computer nerd guy, like, you know, like I like to work on algorithms and, you know, stuff like that, not go out there and sell myself and get people to convince them to, to work with me or convince them to like me to do business. Um, and when your back's against the wall, there is no plan B, you go all in. You Absolutely. Know? Uh, and and I, I do not like being sold. Uh, and so, what, what we try to focus on is, you know, be it the buyer or the end use consumer, how are we making their life better? Uh, mm -hmm. It's not, I'm trying to sell you this so I can hit my quota so I can, you know, you know get this bonus. Uh, if we focus on giving either the, the direct buyer or the, the end user what they want or what's going to benefit them, we can sell. Uh, because I've, I've met people along the journey is the only thing they were interested in is how am I going to line my pockets? Uh, mm -hmm. Care about, you know, what the end customer's gonna, experience is going to be. I don't care if this gets trashed. Uh, how am I going to make money and how much money am I going to make? Uh, if you focus on truly serving the customer uh, and, and, you know, as you said, give a shit, uh, the customers will come and it won't happen overnight. Uh, but as long as you keep do the next right thing that they, they will come. Yeah, I got a couple of questions for us and I want to make sure we cover them. Um, you know, I'm in the Amazon space and exactly what you're saying is like, that's been Jeff Bezos's focus since he created that platform was to get people to come into e-commerce, build customer profiles, but he built it for the customer. And that was something that I didn't reject. I kind of embraced it, I guess, embrace his methodology of being like, this is not what eBay does. This isn't what Craigslist does. This isn't what Walmart does. This isn't what anyone else does where it's not built for the seller to make it super easy or anything like that. It's like, this is built for the customer to have trust. And for if there's shitty products, 
for other people to be able to tell them like, don't buy this product. And mm -hmm. so, you know, in the early days, it was like, I'll take anyone that wants to learn, like try to get product on Amazon. Like, let's go, let's go. I believe in this platform. And it was these early private labelers or like early adopters. And it's really matured over the last 10 years, as far as like who's on Amazon and the quality of listings and the products. Um, but if you have a shitty product, like the customers are going to roast you and I might sell several hundred units and get them out the door and get them in people's hands because I'm really good at it. But at the end of the day, that's going to come back. And so it became like pretty quickly understanding that this is just going to be a short term turn and burn. You know, if I if I take on these clients that don't actually have good quality products, like we're going to get roasted. Um, and I got comfortable telling brands that their stuff was shit like in the in nicer words but being like listen guys like I, like i've got the samples like i'm i'm really concerned that this product is gonna you know it's gonna not review well um you know and people can be sensitive about that but i guess like as as i've learned i'm just like we have to do quality we have to stay we have to keep the quality really high and i think that that's why i'm in business too has been we're not the most professional agency i don't come from an agency background um we're not the most robust marketing company that everyone's heard of or anything like that but um in seven years marknology is now an amazon agency partner like out of the scratch like no one does that um you know we've had clients for seven years when our agency just turned seven in august like we've had people stay with us and how do you get that you know my dad always says it's way easier to sell something that you believe in is actually going to be helpful to people or that you believe in the product yourself and i always took that to heart to be like what we're selling what i'm selling if i am going to be selling i have to actually believe that this will you know make people's lives better um you know with our airbnbs it's like would i live here that's my standard. Like, would I live in this house or this place that we've created, you know, for guests? Um, would I be like, this is my home and these things make, you know, it's, it's up to those standards. So that's beautiful. I want to talk, I want to go into just like a little bit about um, kind of China and manufacturing locally and kind of some of those challenges, like competing in that space and some of the advantages. Before we do, reminder that today's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Helium 10. Helium 10 has over 300 tools to help you research, start, manage your business on Amazon. Get all the tools you need to run and grow your business by signing up at helium10.com. Hustlers get 50% off using code hustle. And just for our listeners, like, um, you know, we get sponsors all the time. Helium 10 is one of the real ones. Like if you've been in the Amazon space, um, I have used Helium 10 um, since the beginning. I, I use the whole software suite as far as what's available to Amazon sellers and people trying to uh, find products to manufacture and sell on Amazon, whether you're tracking profits, whether you're looking at keywords, whether you're um, you know, trying to send follow-up reviews. Helium 10 is legit. Check them out. Helium10.com. Hustlers get 50% off by using code hustle. Ben, just, I, I kind of like let us on just a little bit right before that, that sponsor spot, but What's it like, um, you know, competing? I think I think a lot of people would be like, well, you know, how do you stay affordable in the U.S.? How are you able to keep quality products and compete with China that's making everything super cheap? Um, has the pandemic helped you or hurt you? Um, give me some kind of just background on jumping into a space that's been predominantly dominated for years and years and years by, you know, cheaper is better. How are you able to compete and, and how has that worked to your advantage? Sure. So we manufacture products globally. So um, many of them are made in the U.S., but we also make product in Southeast Asia as well as okay. Europe. Okay. Uh, and the reason that we are able to compete uh, is because uh, our team is six. We're getting ready to uh, probably add the seventh uh, teammate. And 
we don't have layers and layers and layers of overhead baked into every product. Uh, I believe that we probably accomplished with, we've accomplished with six people, what would probably take a 35 or 40 person company to do. Uh, and we do that because everybody believes in, in our mission, uh, which is good product, low pricing, sell a bunch. And, you know, just to kind of all encompassing, do the next right thing. Uh, so I would much, much rather have six people uh, that are all going the same direction, that all believe in what we're doing, than have 40 people and have burnouts who are just showing up to collect a paycheck. Like, I, I have no interest in that, nor I, I don't have time for it. 100%. 100%. I can relate to that. Uh, okay, so sm smaller team, just saying, like, lean and... Um, you know, are you like competing oftentimes for those same jobs? You get jobs because you're local. Like I definitely feel like in the last year, maybe, maybe it's been the pandemic, maybe it's been different factors, but I've definitely gotten three or four brands to partner with us that for the first time, I felt like being from the Midwest and being from Kansas city wasn't a disadvantage to me in this tech space, in this like, you know, growing e-commerce space. It was, we want to work with a firm that's out of the midwest that's localized that can talk to us in our native like language and dialect you know so to speak and um you know they've been working with new york agencies or san francisco agencies or we're making a change and legitimately we're finding us and, and seeking us out because we were in the midwest um and that's a first to me it's always been kind of a disadvantage when it comes to business in my short you know experience is the is being here locally in the midwest been an advantage to getting kind of those connections and and you know those first big clients or does it not really even matter uh as far as who our customers are that that doesn't have any bearing on it uh you know i i i have always thought kansas city uh it's a great place to start a business uh people have pretty good similar midwestern values uh and you know between mizzou ku umkc uh there's a number of really good schools that yeah. uh, we have talent to. Uh, but as far as, as location, that, that probably hasn't really had much of an effect on who we sell to. Okay. I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I'm a mentor at UMKC. Several of our permanent employees now started out as interns, you know, from UMKC. It, there was a lot more of that happening before the pandemic, just being more involved with the different schools, Missouri State University, um, I'm on an a design thinking board there. Um, so we do have a lot of schools. And for me, that's been a big focus to just like let those students know I'm here. So they're not out, you know, there's like, hey, there's some there's some local companies doing cool stuff here. Um, that's why I honestly got involved with the schools was letting them know, hey, uh, you know, there's a there's a local company here in Kansas City doing e-commerce. If you guys have, you know, interest into that space, um, where are you guys going next? What do you think, what is next for, you know, Mighty Good um, outside of just making more product, more product, more product, and you've got two divisions going. Is it to continue to solidify those? Is it, you know, to continue to expand the product line? Um, what are you excited about? I'm excited about what I think we can accomplish in, in 21. Uh, last year, we, we had pretty substantial growth. Uh, finished the year, uh, a little bit under 50 million. Uh, our goal is to double uh, this year in revenue. And uh, I, I'm confident that we'll accomplish it. Uh, and it, it kind of goes back to serving the customer, doing what we say we're going to do, give them good product, 
they're going to keep buying and it's going to open the doors uh, for additional opportunities either with them or through their network. Uh, and so uh, I'm pumped about our growth. Uh, I, I want to see how far we can go. Do you only deal with like, you know, we've talked about some of these really big, um, you know, retailers that you're working with and, you know, some of the volume they're doing and the stores you're in, um, you know, entry point, like what size, you know, let's say we've got Amazon sellers that are just trying to create their first product down to, you know, listeners there down to companies that are trying to diversify their manufacturing to um, people looking for that first manufacturer, maybe, or just, just covering that gambit, you know, um, you know, who, who are you looking to work with? Um, you know, what size, how does someone get, if someone was interested in contacting you about some of the stuff you guys can make, what's that process like? So as far as what we do, uh, we, we actually do as far as product creation and what we make, we do all of that in-house. Okay. Uh, well, I, I have been contacted by before by people that are interested in us selling, selling their products and, you know, depending on schedule, I'm, I'm usually happy to have a conversation with them. Uh, but the coming up with the idea is the easy parts. Uh, yeah, exactly. The execution, uh, and the time it takes and the investment it takes, that's the hard part. Uh, and so, uh, for us, uh, I have superb confidence in our team that we can create new products. Uh, we do outstanding branding, uh, and marketing in house, uh, and we, we've seen products so well at market. And so, uh, I would, I would say for people that are, that are just getting started, uh, like, as I said earlier, like if a dummy like me can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, it's just, you know, don't quit before the miracle happens. Because uh, in my experience, uh, entrepreneurship, it, it's not like the movie, The Social Network, where it's like, hey, we got an idea, uh, you know, it blows out like, you know, a million dollars isn't cool. You know, a billion dollars is cool. I mean, I think a million dollars is pretty fucking cool still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, it kind of gets glamorized, uh, which I mean, there's, there's a lot of great, great aspects about this life. Uh, but there's a lot of things that just absolutely suck. Uh, and being able to balance those highs and lows because literally within a day, we can just have huge swings and it's, you know, not freaking out when something, you know, like last time we we're supposed to talk when shit's hitting the fan. Uh, but when things are doing great, don't believe your own press clippings. Don't, there's always more to learn. There's always ways to get better. Uh, and so, um, Gary I think, v. sorry, Ben, um, Gary V talks about that. You know, he's like, the way to not care about the haters is to not care about the praise either. And just, you know, be like, I still got stuff to work on. I'm still doing my thing. So not get too high or too low. Um, you know, and I was telling my girlfriend, um, you know, like something really hard about this life that I don't think a lot of people understand is like, I'm like, I make more decisions in a, in a given week than people make in a quarter, uh, it, like, you know, in, with a normal life. And there's this exchange of what we're trading is safety for freedom, essentially, um, you know, and so there's this, this level of like, I have no safety, I have no security, you have all this freedom, but if it's not balanced, it's just, you know, overweighted one way. And so it can become very heavy. It can be, um, you know, like 
it's also like, you know, she might be like, I'm, t I'm relating it to life a little bit to anyone listening, but it's like, you know, she might be upset about something that happened between us and kind of just like holding that thing and, you know, wanting to, wanting to dwell on it, wanting to work on it, wanting to bring it up, wanting to communicate through it. And I'm like, from my end, I'm like, in a given day, I have to be so, um, you know, focus on the positives, like, you know, find the wins because there's so many ups and downs that it's like, you just have to literally like move on, um, you know, keep doing good work, not think about that, that heavy day too much or not think about that problem that hits you early in the day or it will ruin every other conversation and every other decision you make that day. And so you kind of have to get in this habit of just execution, um, you know, that that can be a drain on the mental health because you're not having this time to really process a lot of these things um, because you get so fast at just like focusing on the good, saying positive, like not riding the wave, so to speak, and just being like, you know, um, methodical in the way that you handle decisions and emotions in some ways um, around entrepreneurship. And I think that that's something that... Um, you know, my mental health over the last, like, you know, seven years of being an entrepreneur, and we just hit a million in revenue as a service based company. Um, thank you. Um, actually, last month, uh, the pandemic was like an interesting year scaling a service based business is um, a lot we're at uh, 15 people. And so, you know, I'm in the people business, I'm in a different business now than I was when I was just helping sellers grow their businesses. Um, on Amazon, but it's been like, you know, these, these mental, um, when you say like, you don't encourage anyone just to jump all in these, these mental challenges, you push yourself to not give up are, they don't just come about in our normal daily life. That's why people are like putting up memes about the nine to five is not that we have any judgment toward the nine to fivers. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Some people have awesome careers that they love. It's that in the nine to five, there's, they don't have this understanding of when you go all in and you have to rely on yourself like what else do we have in america that's like that anymore I mean, like we're not really you know you're not forced to go to war it's for the most part it's volunteer people signing up to be in our military here in the u.s um we don't have these things we don't get in fights and all these kinds of things people press charges and lawsuits and so just as people you're like you don't really have all these things that challenge you to an extreme level. And so you're just going through life. Then you jump into entrepreneurship. That's like, it is literally sink. You've like forced yourself to sink or swim kind of, kind of thing. And it really just creates a lot of grit. Like for me, it was not knowing how to communicate, not knowing how to be organized, not knowing how to not emotionally be invested in every decision or every rejection that happens in business. You know, it was like all these personal areas that needed growth, I guess, in my own life to be able to just like move forward in business an entrepreneur like entrepreneur life will push your mental uh you, you know your mental capacity and i like if you've if anyone's ever like seen my instagram or followed some of my content it's very much what you're saying ben where it's like um I, I try not to call myself a dummy okay like but i'm no genius by any means either or no business souvent or anything like that and um you know i put it out there because i'm like look if i can be in debt uh i was going through a divorce in debt uh, was just trying to figure out a way to make a buck and then found something I loved, which was e-commerce. But I'm like, look, if I can build this, um, if I can do this, if I can retire my mom, if I can like, you know, find freedom and find passion, then anyone can do it. You just have to have grit and relentlessness, you know? So, um, sorry, I like, I get passionate about those things specifically, but you know, I think that those are the things that I'm the most proud of sitting here on the other side of it is like really hitting those things that made me resist 
or I hadn't dealt with them in my life yet. And then, you know, entrepreneurship pushed me to, to, to grow. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if it's, if it's nine to five, uh, if it's volunteering, you know, if it's doing your own thing. I, I, I believe any work uh, is commendable and, and something to be respected. Uh, of course. What I like about kind of what we do is uh, we do things uh, that most companies can't. Uh, and uh, the ability to do that with a small team uh, to accomplish things that national corporations uh, can't do uh, with nowhere near the resources that they have uh, and in a time frame uh, that they couldn't touch. Uh, it's something that get, makes me proud, but it's, it's also what gives us value. It's be, being able to do that is, is why people will do business with us. Yeah, that's the real competition, right? It's like, I mean, I used to be really into sports. I used to be into like a lot of things like that. I'm very competitive. Um, and I'm like, I just spend very little time watching sports anymore. Um, I like playing uh, because it's a dual thing and I'm getting exercise. But like just to watch other people compete isn't for me anymore because I found like the ultimate competition. Um, you know, in some cases, like I'm an old bartender, painter, warehouse worker, security guard. I've done it all. Um, you know, going through school and different things. And I'm giving company, I'm legitimately giving companies that are worth a hundred million or they do a hundred million dollars in revenue a year. I'm giving them advice when it comes to e-commerce and you know, talk about that. We don't even talk about imposter syndrome in some of those conversations when you're like first learning, but being able to do what we do as a small team, as a family team, um, I have a lot of pride in that and, and knowing and not, it's not just like they need us, blah, blah, blah. Like we know what we're talking about and we're small um, and we, we've accomplished amazing things, taking companies from, you know, 400K in, in two years to 18 million, um, you know, from zero to a million. Um, you know, we've done like really cool things um, in the e-commerce space, specifically around Amazon and knowing that um, is a pretty cool feeling. Like that's where we definitely hang our hat and, and have pride as a team is um, we're small. We're out of Kansas City, but we kick some ass. Absolutely. Uh, and just the ability to be nimble, uh, like depending if this is on video uh, or not, like right now, I look like a roadie for the Grateful Dead. Uh, I love it. I love it. We're pretty casual here. Now, if we're meeting with customers, uh, I will be suited up. Uh, but uh, I like I like the ability that people can come here, that they're comfortable and they can do the best work they can do. Uh, and we might be small and there might be a lot bigger companies with a lot more money, uh, but that we can compete and, and enough times we can win against them. I love it. Ben, if you were at a show, I'd definitely would come up to you and ask you if you had weed a hundred percent. I'd be like, he's got a grateful dead shirt on. I'm going to say what's up. That's like a, a sign. I think, um, it's usually the tell. Yeah. That's uh that's funny. That's a code. That's a code among thieves, I think, or something like it's the grateful dead shirt, but no, I love it. Um, I got a local company. I got to recommend to you for headbands there. They just came out with some from my roommate. He has kind of like longer hair, wears a headband a lot like you. They're pretty cool. Kansas city company. Um, we're, we're running, we're running out of time and I want to cover just real quick, like where people can reach you, where people can get in contact with you, where people can find you. If they want to reach out about some of the stuff we talked about, um, I'll have some of that in the notes, but do you have any social handles? Do you prefer email? Like what's the best way for, for any of the listeners to get in contact with you? Uh, best way is just go to our website, mightygoodsolutions.com. Uh, and you'll be able to uh, reach out, uh, reach out to me through there. Uh, okay. And then, you know, we have mighty good on 
uh, Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, but we, we don't do a ton of, we don't do a ton of marketing, uh, because the, the customers that we serve have invested quite a bit of money in either, uh, owning, uh, their piece of the healthcare space. So they own the relationships with the hospitals. And so they're buying product from them or in retail, uh, our retailers, you know, some of them have 150 million, uh, unique shoppers coming through per week. Uh, and so, uh, if we can make good product, put it on the shelf, uh, uh, you will be able to find us there. You guys heard it from himself. I will have his contact in the notes. Ben, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And um, we have to connect both from the Northland. Um, you know, I'm not trying to get in a boxing ring with you by any means, but I used to do MMA back in college before everything blew up. And I really enjoyed that and just kind of the discipline and, um, you know, the hobby of it and really understanding like, um, you know, what it teaches you. So we're going to have to connect about some of that. Grab a beer. Uh, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was Helium 10, cutting edge software that helps you grow business on Amazon. Start your own journey by visiting helium10.com to scale your business on Amazon today. Remember to use Hustle for half off. I really have used this software for going on almost 10 years. If anyone has any questions on it or wants a recommendation around Helium 10, um, how to use it in regards to your e-commerce and Amazon, please let me know. Um, I can be found on Instagram at Andrew Morgans, LinkedIn, uh, Marknology.com, of course. Ben, happy Monday. We got this started early. We got content made early. Um, you know, we're going to get into it, but it's been a pleasure having you on the show. You too, Andrew. Thanks for your time. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, so I, I would just leave, you know, listeners with, uh, you can do it. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to suck at times, but if, if you don't, if you don't give up, you, you can get to where you want to go. hundred percent. Relentlessness, I think is the hashtag for today's episode. Like if you're thinking about that, it's just like, if you go all in, if you're relentless, if you surround yourself with, with people like Ben's wife, um, and that first partner he made that just like really helped believe in him and, and push him to the next level. Like that's super, super, super important. I mean, you obviously have to be able to do it yourself as far as the relentlessness and the mindset, but surrounding yourself, uh, with people that believe in you and push you to, you know, accomplish it, I think is also important. And, um, you know, we can, we can do awesome shit out here. So I love it. And anyone listening, um, thanks again for listening to the show. Always appreciate your attention. Um, you guys have a great day. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.